What's up, everyone? Mega Man here. Uh, before we get to the episode, um, I want to talk just for a little bit. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been showing love and support. Um, Mega Man was, um, I've been sick lately and I just barely got better. I've been sick since last Sunday. And I have to say, guys and ladies, um, I, I was sick with the flu and, um, you know, I got checked for the COVID. And thank God, luckily, um, my my test came out uh, negative. But um, I have to say, you know, um, I don't know what kind of flu I had, but it really, really uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, in six days, I lost about, about almost close to 20 pounds. Um, you know, I was throwing up. I was going to the bathroom. Um, I was getting very lightheaded and very dizzy. I had headaches. Uh, my body was sore. I was sweating a lot. Uh, my temperature was going off the charts. It would be at 97. It would be at 105. Uh, one time it spiked to 106, 104, you know, and everything. And I was just, I was on like death door. And I knew there was something up. And um, luckily, um, my kids had to go with their mom. And I couldn't be around. Um, I was more, doctor was more saying, you know, you have to, yeah, you have to deal with it, um, with your immune system, you know, um, with the symptoms I was telling the doctor, uh, doctor was saying, you know, you could have the COVID, you know, all the symptoms that you're going through right now is COVID related. And, um, it was hard guys. It was, uh, it was very emotional. Um, I learned about myself for like a week and, um, I'm telling you, man, I, I thought I was gonna die on um I thought I was gonna die on Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh Thursday morning. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday was the most hardest. Um Wednesday, Sunday I got a little under the weather. Monday I was a little sick. Tuesday it hit me like a ton of bricks when I got off work and that's when all hell broke loose and uh, you know, I was just fighting it, you know, my immune system, I mean this flu that just hit me, man, like I said, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I could, like I said, I could have sworn I thought that I thought I had the COVID. And, um, you know, luckily, uh, I pulled through and, um, it's, it was very emotional for me because, you know, I was worried about what's going to happen if I do, like, how am I going to do with this? You know, there's a lot of people who maybe been through COVID and everyone's adapts or everyone's immune to how, you know, just, you know, how, how are they going to take it? Some people can be sick for a couple of days and get better, maybe for a month, maybe for a couple of weeks or maybe for a year. It just really depends. But um, this is what's, this was a second, um, the first time um, I took my COVID test, I was negative. But I, I felt, I really, I felt the doctors, everyone thought I had the COVID. And uh, the sucky thing is I had to, I had to take care on my own um, with no support or anything because, you know, I was very isolated because um, I was very quarantined and I couldn't go out. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I couldn't see my lady. Um, yeah, I was really, really sick. And it's... Um, it Wednesday night, Thursday morning was the most worst experience I ever had in my life.
you know, I, like I said, I was so sick. It was to the point I was like, you know, I was like saying, fuck it. If I die, I fucking die. And, you know, just, I was just sending out love texts, you know, and everyone for certain people just telling like, hey man, I fucking loved you. You know, like no hard feelings, you know, to my kids, you know, Gavin and Alex and, and uh, Emiliano, my daughter Luna, I love you, daddy loves you. You know, to my lady Cynthia and stuff, I would just, because I I felt, I really felt like I was really going to die. And and I know a lot of people are going to tell me, oh, Mega Man, uh, you shouldn't think like that. You know, think positive and stuff like that. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I get it with the whole positive and I know you got to stay strong. But if you guys were in my shoes and, and know what I was going through um, at that time and my health and everything, then you would be probably be acting the same way, too. So I get it, like, you know, like, you just got to suck it up. You just got to deal with it or have a lot of encouragement. I get that, but it I can't. It really depends on my immune system. It really depends how my body's going to fight it. So I I get it that there was a lot of people who were very, were very, were, were very loving. And there were some that were very harsh, like, to the point, like, like, people thought I was doing this to like have people feel sorry for me which it wasn't you know and a lot of podcasters and a lot of people were worried like hey man Mega Man Man hasn't been uh, putting anything up or hey what's going on and it's like dude I was I was really sick you know and uh, I'm just thank God you know like I said I barely just got better today you know I barely got my taste bud back yesterday but Wednesday and Thursday was the most yeah it was the worstest man I never had a, I mean, I've been, I've been sick, you know, Mega Man's been sick a lot, but I've never been sick like this before, and I could have sworn I thought that I had the COVID, but, uh, you know, luckily I, I pulled through and, uh, you know, I, I got better, I got better today, and uh, when I got my test results and, uh, you know, it turned out to be negative, I was kind of just in shock, a lot of people were in shock because, you know, we all, I thought and all of you guys thought I had the COVID. So I'm just kind of thank God, like, you know, someone was looking after me up there. And uh, I guess in a way it's like I got lucky. I got very lucky. But um, I just want to say to everyone, uh, thank you. Um, I really appreciate all the love and support you've given me on, on my podcast page. And, you know, I rarely go on my personal page, but I, I really Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I love I love all you guys. Shout outs to Edgar, Antonio, uh, Cold-Blooded, Rantines with Ramos, uh, Chinook, Buddha, Kotura, uh, Eddie from Social Primate. Um, you know, like a lot of people, uh, Maria, Beard Thug Life's wife. You know, just a lot of people are looking out for me. Um, I mean, there's so many people who um, I don't want to, you know, so many people who who gave me so much love. I really, really appreciate it, guys. And I really thank you. And um, I was worried for a second. You know, I had to put the podcast on hold. Um, I had to tell a lot of my guests, you know, like, let's put this podcast on hold, you know, because um, I, I, I got to see what's going on, you know, and everything. And um, um, right now I'm like a 50%. I'm, I'm 50% better, but not really. But uh, I'm hanging in there, guys. I'm hanging in there. And um, I'm going to be okay, you know, and just, uh, you know, I got to 
I got to I got to think about my health. You know, I got to think about uh, my family, my kids and, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I always been um, so hard um, to try to make my podcast better or work so hard. You know, like a lot of people said, uh, you know, the hardest working man, in the podcast game. And, and I, you know, I like when people tell me that. But right now, you know, I'm I, I'm kind of like taking a break. I'm kind of like relaxing with life and just spending time with my family and just spending time in life and and just 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 relaxing you know I used to be doing podcasts for like 15 16 episodes a week or doing this I'm always on the go but I for some kind of reason it, it it's kind of more like a reality check you know like fuck I need to take care of myself you know like I have kids I have you know, my family depending on me and stuff like that. So, you know, I got to take I got to I got to take care of myself and everything. But, you know, like I said, you know, I'm going to take it one day at a time. And, uh, you know, little by little, I'm getting my 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 health back in order. I'm getting uh, a little better. But, you know, like I said, and, and I'll say it once again, uh, thank you to everyone who's been, uh, you know, showing me love and support. And and then, you know, from times, you know, because this can happen I mean, this could happen to me, but also this could happen to any of us. You know, we got to be there for each other and, and just, you know, be there to support, you know. You know, we never know from times like these. And, you know, and I just want to say before uh, we jumped into the episode, I mean, everyone, you know what? We're going to beat this COVID. You know, we're really, really going to beat this. I know right now we're going, we're in, we're right now we're in difficult times with a lot of things, but what's going on in the world, but you know what, uh, you know, we're going to beat this, we're going to beat this COVID and, and we're going to live our lives and stuff like that, you know, and we're going to, we're just going to take little steps here and there, but you know, um, we're, we're going to be okay. All right then guys, uh, I just wanted to let you know what the follow up, what's been going on with me, but, uh, like I said, thank you everyone for showing me love and support. All right, now let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, aka Mega Man. Uh, this will be episode 157. Um, Today, I want to keep it very local, very home based in the city of Long Beach. Um, I have a very special guest. Uh, she came all the way from Santa Clarita, and uh, that's a long drive. I mean, like, you know what? To be honest, I kind of want to go to Magic Mountain now, you know, and everything. Uh, my guest for today is Alexis, but everyone knows her as Lex, and she's a well known artist. And Lex, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I know. I was supposed to have you on um, before this COVID happened, but luckily I got you on before you did all your process of you moving, you and your man was moving and everything. Yeah, we just moved into our new place um, this past weekend, but uh, I've been wanting to do the podcast since we met at Brujeria, so. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, well, actually it was your, <laughs> it was Louise. It's like, hey, you gotta have her on your podcast. <laughs> I was just there to go to Brewby Hitch just to check it out. and. Um, there was another people. I saw some well-known people, and uh, it was like, man, I was like, I told my friend Alex, he's from SGB Cancers. He was like, hey, what's in the other room? Because I went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wow, they're doing some painting today. It's like, okay, okay, and the painting, 
I seen this before. Shout out to my girl Jaybird of Ben and Jake at Crafty. They do. They go to different breweries and have art paintings, just like what you're doing and mm -hmm. everything. Nice. And I was like, this is pretty tight. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? For some kind of reason, I felt my heart like, I don't know what. I'm like, I want to get this person on. I don't know why. I always, when you feel something in your heart, like this, this person's gonna be special for the podcast. And I was like, I'm gonna have her on. That's why. I was telling you before we did the podcast, uh, I rarely invite people on. So it's an honor for me to have you on. And uh, I, I just want to say I really, really enjoyed your paintings. They're awesome. Thank you so much. It's really awesome to me. And it's, it's crazy to me that there's people out there who are getting satisfaction out of my painting. Uh -huh. um, maybe it's just like a artist thing or just uh, when you're ambitious, you know, I'm always trying to focus on what's next what's next so mm -hmm. you know getting recognitions for things i've done is, is really nice and like i said i'm honored to be here that's really awesome so how um, um do you go to different breweries and do art shows or it, it just tell me about that how, do you just do that so i've only been doing art like professionally i say in quotes um for a year now mm -hmm. so i haven't gone and ventured out too much into it brujeria was something that was hit home because i had lived in pico rivera for about like eight to ten years gotcha uh, so like the last eight to ten years of my life and pico uh we don't really have places like that there you know so to see them open up a brewery there that was really chill laid back family owned you know mm -hmm. i was like oh this is perfect and i just lived down the street from it too so i was like, oh, we need to go and introduce ourselves and, you know, what? see what we could do as a community, you know, you know, yeah. to help them out, to help us out. My mom and I as artists and... Uh, Your mom's an artist too? My mom's an artist too, so yeah. now I work. And now I know how you get it from. <laughs> like, how long, you, how long have you been... Uh, well... Going going back, like, how long... What, what, was, what was the age of you when you started first drawing your first picture? I... I can't remember a specific moment. I just know I've always been drawing. But one thing that I can attribute that to is uh, I grew up with just my mom. So we kind of bounced around all over L.A. I've lived all the way from the Valley of L.A. I've lived in West L.A., City Terrace, East L.A. So we were bouncing around a lot because, you know, it's really expensive out here. My mom was doing her best to raise me. And yeah. she did a great job, I will say. But um, art is something that, like, it's an inexpensive hobby. You know, she couldn't afford to be keeping me in cheerleading and all these other sports and stuff but art it's like you need a, a pencil and a paper mm -hmm. so it was something i was able to cultivate for free and I, I honestly didn't realize how good i was until a few years ago and honestly my boyfriend is one of the people who was like no you're really good like yeah and a few friends too saying like you can make money off of that too you know why don't you share that with the world and i'm like i guess he was giving you all hype he's like don't fuck with my emotions don't fuck with my emotions like friday <laughs> But, like, yeah, that's good. Like, it's good to have someone to support you, your mom, your boyfriend, and everything. And knowing the fact, like, you ever go to the art district in L.A., you know, there's always all these arts and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you watched that movie, that documentary, uh, Netflix, uh, L.A. Originals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every, half of it. Yeah, so there's always going to be something when it comes to art. Like, if it's, like, drawings, is it pictures, is it tattoos and everything. Right. That's always uh, That's always awesome. Do you have any um, inspirations of like who you looked up to, like from artist-wise? Honestly, I'm gonna admit um, my art history, especially as an artist, is pretty bad. I more so do art just out of like my emotion, just how I'm feeling. It's just like a creative outlet for me, and it's pretty like therapeutic as well. Um, mm -hmm. I know before we had started recording, we mentioned that how we both smoke. So for yeah. me, um, just being able to like set a vibe and just kind of like zone in on something 
it's kind of like to me it's like connecting to my spirit in a way mm-hmm. um i don't know if that's getting really deep but no, that's yeah that's deep, how no. i feel <laughs> that's how when i get so, when, I, when i smoke indica so i get deep with my emotions like what? it's like wow well, this idea is like this is gonna get a good idea for the podcast you know yeah what type of music do you hear when you when you're going through your emotions of like painting and everything i like a lot of r&b music what kind of r&b 90s 80s now it just really depends maybe like from 80s to now who's your favorite group oh let's i'm always switching it up every week but right now i would say swv (laughs) dang wow swv you know yeah for sure right now i'm you know listening to rain like when i'm painting and stuff that's a good song just hearing like melodies and and hearing people hit these vocals and stuff i'm like appreciating other art while making art it's just like i feel like it just like charges me up you know Mm -hmm. and yeah i've been uh listening well i'm I'm, I'm an r&b's guy like 90s i've been listening to a lot of mint condition johnny gill guy you know just a lot of good music out there's very mellow and stuff like that you know and uh you know, like with me, I do the podcast, you know, I come up with these ideas I listen to, I smoke out, listen to R&B, and I just come up with ideas. And that's why I was thinking because art and music comes together and you're just so, you're like in another level, you're another world. Yeah, definitely. One thing I've, one of my goals is to um, do like an album cover for a, for any kind of music artist, you know, and be able to kind of connect with them in that way. So mm-hmm. if anybody's listening and wants to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hit me up about something like that, that's one thing that's part of my goal to be able to connect with another artist with their art mm-hmm. um musically and then my art visually to bring it together and mm-hmm. kind of get a vibe going do you do like graphic designs too like anything um i'm working on it i recently got an ipad and i i've mostly been doing like acrylic art on canvas yeah um i recently have started going into doing shoes as well i saw that so yeah those are really fun it's it's interesting to get um my art on different spaces but mm. um i have an ipad so i have an apple pencil and i've been trying to do more like graphic arts and stuff like that my mom is she's getting more into it than i am which is good because she's kind of learning all the things and then telling me like okay this is what you can avoid <laughs> uh-huh. once i get into it oh yeah so uh, usually when you do shoes and stuff is it better for someone to give you like a pair of uh, all canvas all white shoes and say hey you know what this is my idea this is what i want you know and everything because i had a lot of ideas like my son he has autism mm-hmm. so it's always going to be like the emblem of the autism logo or maybe he has some Mega Man podcast shoes yeah that'd like, be super cool we can definitely make that happen i always want to do something because i'm i'm in the process of getting all these new pictures and designs because a lot of people are asking me hey Mega Man, how come you don't have no merch and this or it's all that mm-hmm. it's like right now i'm so focused on content well in the end of the year and next year um, I want to have new, better features of the podcast logos and everything and stuff like that. I always was, I was going to ask you, uh, we'll talk after the podcast is done. I want to have a, a, a picture of the podcast logo, like a, like a nice one. And I always want to see, it was like, okay, like I want to ask her, say, maybe she do a podcast logo. We'll see how it looks like, you know, with your design. Yeah, for sure. We can definitely get something like that going. And as far as the, the shoes, too, one thing I do is I always draft things up on my iPad first uh-huh. because it's really scary for me to start painting on a shoe and then, like, you know, what you fuck it up, like, like, oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, 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 that's a good idea. But with shoes, I have a friend, uh, Jacob from Project Coffee Cup, and he does it. It's an all nighter it, for, for doing shoes. He's very detailed. And I was like, that's a that's a bitch. Yeah, you do have to definitely be really focused, but there's points like for me, I work better in like three hour sessions. Once I hit that three hours, I'm like, I need to step away. Mm -hmm. Also, 
I guess I maybe like because if I'm working on something for so long, I get like way too worked up in it and I start to not like it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of hard on myself, I guess. I just want things per- to come out. Perfectionist. Yeah, I would say, yeah, when I'm invested in something. So especially my art, you know. So that three-hour mark for me, I walk away, and then when I walk back in the room, I'm like, oh, damn, I did that. That, that came out really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, do, do you, I mean, like, when you say, like, that perfectionist, like, that's how I am, too, and you go back, it's like, yeah, like, you're saying, like, yeah, it does look good, you know, or anything, or, like, when I, when I put an episode, like, I don't know if I did good. Then my lady or someone be like, dude, that's a bomb-ass episode. It's like, are you sure? He says, yeah. And sometimes people say, I think you sound better when you're smoked out. Because <laughs> you come up with all this dropping knowledge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so they always tell me, Megan, man, you're so uptight. You're like, get smoked out with some indica and relax yourself <laughs> and then on everything. Um, does, your, does your mom, she does art too and everything, huh? Yeah, so my mom is an artist. So I've been growing up around art my whole life, you know. Um, she never really sat down and like taught me. It's more so like I've just been able to watch her and then I'm just sure it's in my genes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is also really good at drawing and he can play the drums, the guitar. What? So art is definitely in my blood um but it's really weird because like growing up that wasn't the route that i was planning to go on i was going on like the college route i was going to cal state la for communications and um i didn't i thought that if i would stop going to school and keep pursuing art like my family might be like disappointed or something in me yeah although like they've always been so supportive it was never like something that i talked about like hey what would you guys think Mm of so i was just kind of growing up with that assumption and so I finally said, like, you know, I'm not happy going to school. Like, I want to have time to paint. And I have all these ideas that I want to do and share with everybody. And, you know, also, since I'm young, I understand how the Internet works. And I've mm-hmm. grown up seeing people become millionaires off of the Internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, what a great platform you can use to spread your business, right, for you and your podcast, for me and my art. Mm-hmm. So luckily, my family is, like, super supportive of my decision. But, um drawing that back to like watching my mom uh one thing that she had to do is like she had me right now I'm 22 years old I don't have any kids uh luckily so I get to focus my time and stuff on that but one thing that always inspired me is that even though she had me and she was working these jobs and trying to you know survive for the both of us she would always make time for her art and create some really cool stuff and uh she's really inspired me a lot in that aspect that's awesome like my mom when my mom and my dad divorced, you know, just being a single parent, my mom was working three jobs, and I was, it was, it's more different from your version of mine because my mom was always working, so I was always by myself. Mm-hmm. But I get it now. It's just like when going back when uh, with your parents, where you wanted to fulfill your dream, but usually with when you go to Mexican parents, they want you to be like they want the best for you and everything. And if you do this, like no, you got to do this, you got to do that. But you, their parents want the best for you. But they, they don't want to support you if, let's say, you, you, they want you to go this route of being in communication, but your route is to be an artist. He's like, oh, that's a waste of time. But yeah, but you should be proud of your kids. Like, hey, love me for who I am. Like, if I want to go this route, be supportive with me instead of push, killing my dreams. Right. There's some people like that. Yeah, there definitely are. And I've, I've, I recently had a conversation with my dad where I thanked him for one thing he's always told me is like, Alexis knows what's best for Alexis. And he always has told me, you know, I've only lived life through my lens, so I can offer you advice on what I would do, but you know what's best for you. So at the end of the day, like, you take everything with a grain of salt. So yeah. I put that into perspective when I 
finally made the decision like okay I'm gonna stop going to college and put this these hours into something else and mm-hmm. like I said I've only been doing it for like a year maybe like a year and a half by now mm-hmm. and uh, I've been doing so far so good my growth has you know sh- shown the results that uh, yeah my work has been putting in so. I know I remember I was following you not following you but I was looking at your Twitter that all of a sudden it got taken down you know, it's sad, you know, when, I don't know if it got reported or this, or people hacking, there's like, it was something like, I know that with the art, it comes with a lot of like, what does this art say to me? Mm-hmm. Like, is it something, is, is, a picture has a thousand words. And that's how I always want to see when, the, with the picture that you did with Kobe and uh, his daughter, it was, it was very emotional. Yeah. Because, you know, it was, I remember the day, I was doing a podcast with Feather Serpent Brewery, mm-hmm. and right after the podcast, an hour later, Kobe died. So I will always remember that episode. It was, it was a big hit, and it got a little emotional. It, it kind of messed up everyone's world because when yeah. Kobe died, it was like, and all this shit was happening. And I would think like, is it because of Kobe, then, then the COVID, then George Floyd, and right. all this matter? It was like, and someone posted a picture of it's like. But what happens in 2021, Kobe came back, back to the future cars, like, hey, I'm here, fucker. You know, like, imagine, imagine that, like, you know, but it's just, it's, 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 it's very sad. And I always feel like a lot of stuff is so negative and I always want to hear music or art or, or do whatever I can to, to up, uplift my spirit of positive and stuff like that. You ever go through that kind of route because of all the stuff, what's going on? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm a really sensitive person. I don't know if that just comes with being an artist as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I do take on like the emotions of the world. And as an artist, I do try to think about like, okay, what's my place in this? You know, like, how can I make a change? How can I, you know, create something that's going to help someone heal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so with the Kobe, you know, that was a piece that I did because I just felt that was right in the moment. For us, we learned about it, uh, me and my boyfriend learned about Kobe's passing when we were on our way from a Vegas trip. We were watching um, our nieces uh, perform like jams, a cheerleading competition. Oh, wow. And we had stopped actually like on off-road to smoke. And then his dad called us and told us what happened. And, you know, once we hung up the phone, it was just like silence. You know, we were out in the middle of nowhere. And we were like, wow, like the world just feels like different, you oh, know, yeah. like immediately. It was crazy, man. So that, so me creating that piece with him and, and Gianna, um, it was, it was, it's a healing piece. That's how I would like to see it, you know, because of the light it portrays them in. And the picture that I chose is because it was a, a father and daughter connecting on something that they both love to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the Mamba Sports Foundation, they help other children like that, too. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty meaningful. I also had um, prints of that um, piece as well that I was selling for like 15 bucks each. And every everything that I got from that, I was donating it back to the Mamba Sports Foundation because... Like I said, I'm 22 living in Los Angeles. It's really expensive. I don't have much to offer monetarily, but I do have a talent that I can use to help, you know, push certain directions and stuff. And um, like even right now I'm doing a giveaway. And the only thing is I'm asking for is just a $5 raffle entry and please just sign a petition for uh, Breonna Taylor. And um, a lot of people, they're like, oh, I've already signed that one. And they've sent me other links and stuff. And I'm like, good. Like that, that's the point is just, you know, do something it's just me trying to give a little incentive to help push people you know i like that you know i don't want to say the word envy but when i see how you are because you're you're young and your enthusiasm and you're just trying to help and do whatever i can we didn't have that in my in my time you know like to be active and do this it's like 
man, if I was like 22, I was so much into my own world, but that's kind of good that you're doing that, you know, and trying to get your name out there and also the foundations and everything. And I wish I had that. I wish I had that. I think I'm a little bit too late on that, but you know, I could always start tomorrow. Right. It's never too late. I think I also have the advantage of growing up with like the internet readily at my fingertips. So I've always, you know, we have the world at our fingertips. Hell yeah. So it, I mean, it all depends on the people you follow and things like that, but mm-hmm. you are exposed to a lot more of the world versus let's say back in like the early 1900s, you know, these people, it's like whoever you're living, your neighbors are your life, your school, your coworkers, you don't really know what's going on you know out in the world yeah with me i was more a lot of people say we're like the last generation of like the old school and the new school because we were we were we had the good old days in the 80s of playing the streets and stuff before the internet now we this but we're adapting we're evolving what how what we see things with your art or what's going on in la and the world and this we're like it's we're having so much uh, we're gathering so much info of everything we're speeding things up mm-hmm. and that's just how it is but you know it's just yeah <laughs> i remember when they the thing with the american online came out and we had to put the phone plug in and everything and we had uh-huh. to wait and he said hey can i use the phone to, go to call my boyfriend or girlfriend it's like no i'm still using american online give me like 15 more minutes <laughs> and stuff and you're done you go back but now everything's all different now you we're know? so spoiled now right yeah i used to have pagers <laughs> back in the day i used to call like my my by the time i had an ex you know page me 911 and everything and then i have to go find a payphone somewhere and call now you have everything on your phone now yeah i know no <laughs> you, you, you can't run away from people and avoid them they're like no. you were posting on your social media yeah because <laughs> you know when you get a page you get so anxious like oh shit it's a girl you know and you have to go look for a payphone now there's no payphones don't worry yeah i know that's crazy <laughs> there's pros and cons to that though having mm. like you know the internet readily at our fingertips because we we can't we are absorbing so much more information just as humans in general right Mm -hmm. and the pros can be one knowledge you know knowledge is power but then also i feel like we are taking in so much information that i think our brains have not yet evolved to handle this much information i think that's why we have a lot of anxiety a lot of depression stuff yeah yeah. it's hard to balance you know the knowledge with okay like now what do i do with this you know especially when there's a constant stream every day you don't allow yourself to kind of reflect Mm -hmm. so i think it's good to take breaks from social media or even just your phone in general you get the news and stuff on there like yeah there was i heard some people were going to see a counselor or psychiatrist because what's going on with the world is too much for people it's negativity george floyd the COVID, and this now I had an incident last Saturday with, I won't mention who, at a brewery. And they told me, Mega Man, put your mask on, okay? Uh, I'm going to go where your boyfriend's at. Take, I'm, I'm going to go walk over there. Put your mask on. Take it off. Do this. Do that. I don't like to be ordered and stuff because of this whole COVID and stuff. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was a little weary of places opening up because now everything spiked back up again. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured would happen. And I was a little scared because I have my two boys that have their immune systems are really kind of like weak because they have asthma. Mm-hmm. And I can't really take them out, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm me being a central worker, it's I'm putting my life on the line every day when I go to work. So I work at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's really hard. And I, I just feel like right now with China, they're already done with everything. But with us, it's, it's hitting us now. And mm-hmm. with the governor and this or what's going on... I get scared because, you know, if this happens again, we have another economic collapse. It, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to get, um, how do you say the word? Uh, 
we're not gonna we're not gonna bounce back. Right. And it's hard with the economy. It's really it's I hate it. I just hate it. But with some kind of reasons from the COVID, then you have George Floyd and everything. And that's why I want to get to the next topic of you being a little bit like political and stuff. How what's your what's your views on that? Like how you are when you see things out there. Well. Um, again, I'm gonna give credit to my parents for being really good at exposing me to the world at a young age. That's very good. My mom, um, you know, she's always exposed me to different cultures and stuff. Luckily, living in LA, we can be in um, Little Tokyo, we could be in Chinatown, we can be in Alberti, uh, we could be in uh, Little India, you know? Mm, and we, yeah. we, we have so many different places where we can uh, expose ourselves to different people, see different kinds of art and cultures, religions, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I was pretty privileged in that way that I just thought that was normal life but my mom did do a good job at you know I remember being in like middle school high school and she would show me videos of like you know there's one that I can remember very vividly and it's um this cop pulled up to um like a party that that um a black community was having and this cop like got on top of this teenage girl and she was in a bathing suit because they were having like a pool party and he was just like holding her down to the ground with like a lot of force and stuff and just not is that the one with all those kids everywhere running around yeah i saw that yeah and and that one like i i cry i'm not gonna lie i do cry every time i see things like that and um i think like a lot of us are trying not to let ourselves be so sensitive because it it does like take a toll on your mental health but i don't want to allow myself to be desensitized i think now i'm trying to just like okay foster these emotions and then try to put them in a productive way so mm-hmm. one thing i do have is my platform and people are able to you know see my story and and uh you know if i'm offering a raffle they'll you know give them a little more incentive to sign petitions or just try, i'm just trying to spread knowledge because although yes um as a society especially on the medias and stuff it, it it's like a new thing that we are seeing but i mean this is stuff that's been happening for years you know and uh, i listen to a lot of rap music and stuff so it's it's in the music that i listen to you know it's it's not new i just feel like this has just been like a tipping point you know where people are like enough is enough when, especially since yeah. we've all been inside you know too with the covid like yeah everybody saw the video and and it, it, it um, um evoked a lot of emotion out of everybody rightfully so it's very disturbing to see george george floyd getting need like that and this the cop who need him had a had a background of incidents but no one did anything about it and the cops were rookies mm-hmm. and i didn't know that the asian cop who was with that that person his sister was married to the person getting need and, and a lot of that stuff and also the incident what happened with uh the two in atlanta georgia with the the two white guys who shot and he was trying to run away and and everything and also there's this is very disturbing it made me cry is when you see a little kid playing basketball there's a cop coming and he hid mm-hmm. and he hid until the cop left and he went to go play outside that traumatizes a kid a lot of of what's been going on and, and if it's good that we have our cameras like hey this is what's going on because back back in the 92 with the rodney king there was no cameras. We have videotape recorders with all this stuff and everything. But mm-hmm. the cops are supposed to be there to protect and serve. Exactly. But some, well, some, a lot of cops, not all, just some, because I have some who are cops, but they're good cops. Yeah. Some are, they get into very power trips. They mm-hmm. think like I'm above the law, maybe because they were bullied or this, whatever. It's like, okay, uh, whatever I'm going to can. If I got bullied, you know, I'm going to bully the people, you know, and all that because I hold the law. You don't. So yeah. in a way, like you could do whatever you want because you have a gun. I like either you live or die. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. think one person should ever hold all that power, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that my stance has changed a little bit is, um, you know, I, I've been hearing a lot about like defunding the police. I do. Is that I, a good thing? I I honestly think we need to put a little bit more funding into the police. Now people might not agree with this, but mm -hmm. why to weed out the bad cops? I feel like it's a little too easy to become a cop. I think there needs to be a lot more training. Um, uh, one thing that I had listened to on the Joe Rogan podcast, he suggests like maybe if these people had martial arts training, you know, you would know exactly what you were doing. To so it'd be so that that's would, the one like, with Jocko, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep, you'd I, be able heard, to roll yep. out the oh, I didn't know I was gonna, you know, I didn't think I was using that much force. If that's the case, then let's train these people so they know exactly what, and we can rule out that excuse. So we can say, you know, damn well, you know, you went through all these years of training and all this stuff, but like, mm -hmm. or I, you know, I think they just there needs to be a, a lot more reform done with the police system. Um, I, I don't know if it's gonna be able to rule out. Uh, or weed out all of like the bad cops but i'm sure it will you know um i guess help the situation a lot more because these people are not gonna if, if this is like their motive and stuff and and that's what's driving them maybe like having it making it harder to become a cop it should be gonna, like that is going to i know, think it should be more harder to to apply a job to be a cop because of all the procedures and everything mm -hmm. and the training and stuff like that where like seal teams and all this they have trains every day but i think they should fund that like how you say you fund a little bit more to have more good training like mm -hmm. what would you do with situations like this and everything he's like you can't need someone on the ground because your, your your blood circulation is going to stop and yeah and for him to say mom help me you know that that, that was like that was it mm -hmm. i'm done i think that was too much and the looting all have everything happen yeah and a lot of people now are like bringing up his like pa you know his past and stuff and it's like that doesn't have anything to do with the situation that was happening at him because a lot of these criminal charges that i had looked into too they were from years before mm -hmm. a person can change in a year you know although we do have this stigma like um like for example like cheaters will always be cheaters and things like that you know we say that as a society but i do believe people can change you know their life around like from become from running a criminal lifestyle and mm -hmm. then who who knows they can they can switch things around i wasn't there in the situation i can't say i'm not going to defend his his character and stuff but like nonetheless people are people and shouldn't be treated you know like that especially when we see like these kids who shoot up schools or they they shoot up walmarts and churches and stuff and we're walking them to the car you know why are the police respecting people like that but then you know e even even in the worst case scenario say that you know there was a, a black person who was a criminal and then there's a white person who's a criminal it, it they should be being treated equally you know like they should be equally punished and stuff but we don't see those kind of things and um a lot of people you know they think oh it's just things that are happening now but we can draw it back to like the um war on drugs which is still happening in this country and one uh concrete example i can give is like there's different punishment for crack and cocaine which the ronald reagan and all that stuff yeah they get into all that stuff the political it's uh it's it's on netflix called kill the messenger oh yeah there's oh i'll, I'll look that one up write that down babe <laughs> kill the messenger it's a it's a reporter from san jose that found everything what happened with the nicaragua like how the contra where we're giving guns and everything and because what happened was they were the the cia was trying to get money and they got denied so oh gee how are we going to get our money to to take down this dictator from nicaragua because of the communists and everything mm -hmm. i know let's sell crack 
okay, how are we to get our money from crack? Go sell in South Central. So all the money that they were getting from the crack and everything, they were funding everything to help out Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. It's fucking shady. And the, the reporter, he found out about it because it was a cover-up and he was going to be big. But a lot of people were disappearing. People were getting killed. Like, this is not true and everything. And a couple years later, they killed. They shot him two times in the head. But they said it was a it was a suicide. But how could it be a suicide if you get shot in the head two times? Right. You know? So the CIA kind of covered it up and kind of like, you know what? Mm-hmm. And it, it ruined his career and everything because a lot of people were disappearing because this is my alibi. This is my witness. But the CIA or whoever were killing the ones who witnessed who was covering those topics to the reporter from san jose mm-hmm. that it's a it's trippy yeah there's another good one on netflix called 13th that talks more about like the prison industrial complex and how mm-hmm. um pretty much like in in our 13th amendment abolishes slavery but it has this exception pretty much saying you know um slavery and uh involuntary servitude is abolished except for when you're a criminal, pretty much. Yes. So a lot of, like, prisons, they use um, the prisoners to do, like, the Idaho potatoes and even, like, Victoria's Secret and, like, all these big corporations, like, are getting, like, this free or cheap labor out of these people, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very complex system. That's why I try to use my platform to try and spread a little bit more knowledge so that people can understand how really deep-rooted this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do a lot of listening to both sides. I actually have family who are trump supporters and stuff too and we have a lot of a lot a lot of uh arguments and discussions but um i think it's important uh because the the change starts at home you know and uh it's rare to have that because if we're mexican latinos and everything and you're like you're a trump supporter like you're a sellout mm -hmm. like why would you do that and what's going on with the mic with the kids being sold and now the judge ordered like hey united freedom it's done because of the covid and everything mm-hmm. but it's just sometimes in a way it's like it's we're living in scary times i don't even to be honest it's like who are you gonna vote for trump or biden yeah it's it's a, it's a sad game yeah. of of choosing between two evils right because i, I do see you know when the democrats and I, i'm not very political i will say i'm very involved in social issues exactly um and humanitarian causes yes uh which gets tied into politics unfortunately but uh i'm not gonna say and i can't say because i'm not i'm a democrat or a republican because i see the bullshit on both sides and it's really sad the left or the right yeah there's bullshit on both sides and it's like i can't i'm not gonna tie my identity to a party that one i don't even know these people personally (laughs) so you're more like so in a way you're not you don't claim it but you're kind of more like you how you and i are we're more very independent yeah definitely you know like you know i was like kind of thinking like i don't know to vote for but i heard the rock might run for president we need something more different he's a very uplifting very inspirational and stuff like that but is he very political when it comes to situations like what's going on right now? Right. Because the whole world is watching us right now, day to day. It's like, well, gee, I'm, I'm going to be, I say this before, a lot of people are like, oh, you're crazy, Megan, man. If you have a fragile country right now, Russia, China, everyone's looking at us. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, this, this is cakewalk. This is Red Dawn again. Yeah, that's we can, true. We can, take, we can take advantage and invade the United States. Look how cr- crumble they are. Manipulate. Yeah. It's a common tactic tactic that people who are manipulative mm-hmm. you know they go after vulnerable people who are on weak and we're in a vulnerable place economically mentally as a country you yeah. know emotionally yeah. i mean all justly so but 
you know, it's not going to take away from the fact that it's going on. I mean, if you think about it, half of this country country is owned by China. It's like 40%. So, are we going to speak Chinese? Think about it. I mean, Chinese taking over certain states of Mexico. Oh, really? Taking over Africa. Everything. It's all going to be China. It's all going to be communist. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to look more into <laughs> they're to that taking, aspect. Because they're taking all the minerals and everything that's on Congo. Congo is one of the, one of the most richest uh, countries in the world because it has a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, the metals, the little bars we have in our on our iPhones and stuff to charge. Mm-hmm. A lot of diamonds, a lot of minerals that a lot of people need. And a lot of people come, like China, Russia, United States. Everyone's coming to Congo. I mean, you could fit the United States into Congo. That's how big it is, but there's a lot of minerals that a lot of countries need, and China is always there, always the first one. They want to claim everything, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not where it used to be the United States and Russia, now it's the United States and China. It's, <laughs> what a complex world we it, live in, right? It's trippy, huh? <laughs> you can get down this rabbit hole and everything, you look into it, but mm-hmm. it goes back after the Cold War. Who's the next Cold War? It's going to be with us and China, with the, with the trade wars. All because I work at San Pedro and you see all it's all China, all everything. Mm-hmm. So it's if we say, like, hey, if you don't if you don't play ball with us, you know, you're not going to get your stuff from China, which you need to help with the COVID, with the mask and this, the medicines and all that. Yeah. They can put us on hold. That's a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the COVID too. There's been so many di- different perspectives on what's right to do and what's wrong to do. Mm-hmm. And- uh, personally, I think like one thing that's not good for us is I mean I, I I understand we do need to you know be keeping our social distance to not spread the virus more, exactly but I do don't think that we should be in our house twenty four seven cabin fever cabin fever also um, you need vitamin D a lot of us are yes. lacking that because we work in offices we work in inside indoors if you're in a grocery store you're, you're always indoors you know we're lacking vitamin D and vitamin mm-hmm. D actually is um really important to also it goes hand in hand with like your immune system the vitamin c yeah so it's like it uh, they give you information that can be helpful but then it can also contradict itself at the same time so it's like about finding this balance between all of the information right yeah. like, <laughs> so gothic people get some sunlight <laughs> get some vitamin d get some sunlight don't be emo because i heard that from episode of uh, ronda patrick from joe rogan he was like yes. yeah you need vitamin d you need a lot of sun mm-hmm. and everything and that's where where you see a lot of countries like when it's so hot, you know, like with England or what's going on, there's not that much sun, so yeah. they're getting sick. If you go to Africa, they're not sick because the, the sun is, is, is beating off the disease, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, I, a lot of vitamin D, which we need. I know that's it's very good. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to get a sun tent, but I don't want to get too dark. <laughs> you know, and everything. Um, lastly, before we take a break, um, what's your status? Uh, you're Mexican, right? Yes, I am, I am a mutt of a lot of things. My grandfather from my mom's side is Guatemalan from Guatemala. My grandma from my mom's side is from Mexico. My mom is from here. My dad is from here. And then uh, from my dad's side, his roots trace back to um, we have Native American and Irish. So that's where the last name O'Neill comes from. Oh, Fun fact, anything with the O apostrophe or a Mick is <laughs> Irish. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was raised by my Latino side of the whole time. I've lived mm-hmm. here in L.A. So that's mm-hmm. uh, culturally, that's where I fit in and where I find myself to relate to mm-hmm. more. The reason why I say is that now with this, everything's mad, everything like Black Lives Matter now that a lot of Mexicans, a lot of Latinos are just standing up like, you know what? We're not going to be silenced no more. Mm-hmm. We know we need to have our voices heard a lot, you know, yeah. and everything is like, hey, don't forget about us, you know, because 
of what's going on with the immigrants and stuff with the ice and mm-hmm. and undocumented and stuff and and the kids and stuff like hey man you you, you i know you we helped you guys out but help us out because we need the help too and it's it's tough times with us you know yeah i think the only thing is like what what i find is like in in our community um we're we're not told to stand up for ourselves like even if you drive back to you know you're in the household and, and with our parents you know mm-hmm. you get the freaking chancla like that's the old school mentality back. so that kind of can reflect on us as adults and not standing up for ourselves you know the same way the black community has and uh you know, the black community from what I have found has stood up with us throughout our, all, all of our fights that we stand up for ourselves in. Oh, yeah. So um, one, one thing I kind of have, a, I do kind of get a little issue with in, in our community is like, let's, let's voice, let's use our voices as well, you know, get inspired from the movement, but don't, don't uh, make it like an either or like, hey, it, it, the, I guess the attitude like, hey, what about us? It's kind of can be seen to take away from the black lives movement and we don't want that right we want to say yes black lives matter yes latino lives matter you know we, we want to do it more with the attitude um that brings unity than division because our words are very very important and you know if, if this is the topic at hand right now but you, you're using it as a way to say like hey what about me hey what about me which even like white people are doing um you know trying to say like i've been i've been a stereotype for being white and whatnot whatnot and stuff i think like it's a little bit harmful to the black lives matter movement because when you see the hashtags yeah, when take you see, away from their movement when you that's see not what we want to do when you see hashtags that put all lives matter you mm-hmm. shouldn't be putting that you know it's like yeah. or whatever because i heard that if you put hashtag all lives matter you can get fired from your job for putting that up really it's fucked up yeah, I think people should just naturally not want to do that. I think it's 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 kind of grosses me out how people like feel defensive when they hear Black Lives Matter. Um, when I hear that, I just agree, and I feel like most people should just agree. Yeah, Black Lives do matter, and if that's mm-hmm. if your perspective is all lives matter, then it should be easy for you to agree that Black Lives Matter. But what I find is people use All Lives Matter as a way to argue with Black Lives Matter. Like they're trying to take away from the movement, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Hey, no, it's all of us, but it's like, no, really, these black people really are going through a specific um, oppression and a specific, um, like, targeting to, to them just because of their skin color. And we, we need to acknowledge that. We don't need to be taking away from it and saying, well, everybody matters. Well, if everybody mattered and that's how we felt, then why mm-hmm. have we not been sticking out for them, you know? Yeah, they're because I, I have a, I, I, we live in Long Beach and it's diverse with everything, so I'm, I love everyone. There's going to be some bad apples because... Some Latinos or Mexicans like, why am I going to work Black Lives Matter? And the black people were throwing tomatoes or throwing shit at that person who was selling apples or, or oranges and stuff like that. Why would you do that for mm-hmm. and post it or sock people in the face or take their money? Like, why would you support that? You know, it, it, there's people who, who are really like, I'm not going to support that. Yeah. And I think that's it's very toxic because it's it's draws back to what uh, is the problem with racism in the first place is like uh, judging a group by maybe your one interaction with a certain person of that you know mm. i'm never going to meet all the black people in the world yeah yeah um just as there are shitty white people and there's shitty latino people there's going to be a shitty black person that you might run into it's just the way the world is you know and then mm-hmm. of the day there's really just good good and bad and we all have uh, the opportunity to 
be good and bad every single day. And you know, some days you might run into me and you might think, oh damn, she's being a bitch, but you don't know what I've been going through that day. I think some things of course are not excusable, like throwing mm-hmm. things at people and being violent. Like, yeah, That's not like, excusable, you know? but like what also is inexcusable is to take that and then use that to use that, um, you know, whatever you got out of that situation to judge a whole group of people by that one action, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, obviously not all black people are going to be throwing things at, you know, and obviously, I mean, it, we, we get a little hypocritical when we talk like that. And like, um, I know that some people have said like, well, you know, the black community has gangs and stuff. I'm like, yeah, so does the Latino community. Why are you not saying that about your own people? You know, mm-hmm. like, don't, don't be trying to call someone else out when we have the same problems here. Mm-hmm. We should be using those problems to unite and find a way to solve within the communities than to be criticizing each other and that's just causing more divisiveness you know Mm -hmm. we want to be doing things together and that's the only way there's power in numbers Mm -hmm. and unfortunately people you know we're very like what about me what about me like we want to be the center of attention and sometimes like it's sometimes things is not are not about you and it's okay Mm -hmm. like you can step back and and you know work more productively Mm -hmm. yeah when um this all happened with george floyd and everything and it just it spread like wildfire um I live over here in Long Beach, and when they had protests, there were certain people outside of Long Beach that who instigated the thing, and we had all the riots. Mm-hmm. There were, as I heard, there was rumors of there was uh, undercover cops who were pretending to be this looters, mm-hmm. causing tension, uh, some antifas, you know, here and there, and uh, there was some a lot of uh, shady stuff. Well, I'll tell you off air, which what goes on mm-hmm. with a lot of the Long Beach because of um, the commissioner, the mayor, uh, certain people that you see. You've noticed you see a lot of condos. You see everything's changing mm-hmm. um, because there's certain things. What's going on in Orange County and this, and they're pushing out all the lower class, middle class people out of Long Beach, and a lot of outsiders and rich people are to move in, mm-hmm. and it's making this harder because everything what you were saying that. And, and earlier in the podcast that everything's getting expensive yeah. so the pushing pushing us out of LA and I get it like you guys had to move to Santa Clarita mm-hmm. or like I might have to move somewhere because it's too pricey over here Yeah. and with all that stuff being happening it, it was sad that the looters were doing what they can but I get it this was very strategized because like this is kind of weird why would you loot certain areas because it was so ghetto, it was get you know, run down and everything mm-hmm. and you loot it so you can close everything so you can demolish it and gentrify this everything to make it more nice and everything how it was. Yeah. And some of those places that I used to go when I was little, they're not there no more. It's a lot of the small businesses. Why loot two days before the phase we're gonna go we're gonna get it on to the next phase and mm-hmm. all this shit was happening and it hurt. You know, like, what the heck's going on? And the weird thing after the after the riots and everything, because there's home invasions. Over here in Long Beach, there's a lot of home invasions. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay home and be with my lady and my kids and everything because you never know. They could be looting house to house or breaking your cars and stuff. So that goes on a lot in Long Beach and shit because they're going through Metro PCS and small businesses and everything. Mm-hmm. But with everything was going on, the next day... This is, I don't know how it is in different cities, but everyone from the whole city gathered to clean up what was going on. To me, it was very emotional because our city, we do give a care mm-hmm. and we cleaned everything up in seven hours. Um, they, they, they almost looted my lady's place, but next door they did. 
and I saw groups of 15 to 20 people going like, hey, do you need any help cleaning your stuff and everything? Because it's a community. They're That's not doing great. it for the likes. They're not doing it for this. We care about Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And you don't, I don't know how it is with your city or his city or whatsoever, but we care about our city. And it just, you see people coming together. It just, it's a blessing. It is. It's All, bringing every, out a lot of true colors right now, right? It's good yeah, and bad. Like good, good bad. the community com- coming together. Bad is people who are taking this at, they're, they're opportunists, the looters. They're just being opportunists. I feel like they're just piggybacking on the back of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's doing a lot of harm to the movement because it's discrediting it, even though, you know, the, the social issue is it's a real cause. But um, like I said, they're, they're discrediting the movement by doing that because they're just trying to... They see an opportunity. Oh, look, there's a bunch of people in the streets. Let's go. Like, yeah. how are they going to catch us? There's a bunch of millions of people. Yeah. Even though we see these people driving away with their license plate on, on the news. <laughs> yeah. And they were coming in vans. Like, looters were coming in vans. And locals were like, what are you doing? This, you know? And the lo- locals who shop there and there, mm. they were kicking the, the looters' asses. Like, get the fuck out of our town. Mm-hmm. You, you, don't, you don't belong here. The weird thing about it is you see a whole bunch of pallets of bricks. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I've also seen, like, videos of, like, police officers putting, like... I don't know if this person was just wearing a uniform, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal in the first place. But, like, putting boxes of, like, Nikes in the back of their cars. So it's just a really weird situation. It's a lot to definitely, like, process and reflect on. I, I I won't mention what city, but it's here. But there are certain things. I know there's certain people gonna listen to it. There were some certain officers paying looters to go loot. Yeah, there's definitely a political agenda that's being pushed. And I do want to, like, mention that some people might not have realized, but there's a Black Lives Movement and a sentiment, which is 100% just. Yes, people who are being, um, you know, hurt just because of their skin color, those people who are hurting them need to be punished. This is a problem we do need to be talking about and addressing. But there's also a whole other side to it that is political. And it has to do with the organization, which is really tightly... um, If you go to, like, the Black Lives Matter um, website and you try to donate and stuff, it goes to a page um, called Act Blue, which pretty much funds the Democratic Party. And although the Democratic Party is known to be, like, the liberal people, like, you know, we're for the people, a lot of the time, from what I have been learning, is, like, they're just using... It's really, really sad what they're doing is they're using people's pain to you know keep pushing a a certain agenda that they have to keep them in power in these certain cities and what sucks is like a lot of these cities that we do have like these impoverished communities and which happen to be minorities you know latino and black people we're always usually living very close to each other because we we are going through the same struggles you know economically Mm -hmm. um and these cities are actually like the people that we have uh, governing them and and running them and stuff there, there are a lot of time Democrats and people that you would think are going to help us. And it's like, maybe it's time that we, I'm not saying go to Republican, definitely not. I think there needs to be like a merge of some kind of party that's right in the middle, like some kind of independent person, you know. But uh, I definitely think like one, one thing we need to do is start like voting more like for, you know, the people who are directly representing our communities. Because sometimes you might find like they're not all that they're making themselves out to be. And they might just be piggybacking off of the real pain that's going on for their own selfish selfish things so that, that's where i i come and i see like the that, bullshit on both sides yeah oh yeah like, we have fuck our, them and fuck them we have <laughs> our agendas with the commissioner and the mayor because 
a lot of people protesting at the mayor's house like what the heck and when you have the mayor has the cops and the national guard surrounding his place that's something what's what the heck's going on mm-hmm. hey let's protect the rich and let's, let's go let's go loot and do whatever how come you have barriers around your your police station everything but not barriers and this and and why is it that we can't you're so focused on second street and pixby nose mm-hmm. because those are the tourist tourist areas for which you bring revenues and money into the city right it's, yeah it's definitely has yeah. a lot to do more with money than it does um i this is also another perspective that i've been kind of slowly falling into is i'm thinking like maybe there's not really a left and a right and maybe all of these people are up on the same team you know because there's the people with the money and there's people without money and some when it comes to that that's when race starts to disappear and we start getting more money right like people don't they uh they they respect you more for your money than anything right Mm -hmm. so um i've been slowly thinking i'm like i i really do think it's like this rich versus poor Mm -hmm. but who are the poor is is mostly in in our communities is we we see it we're the people who are struggling you know yeah and that can be drawn back to because um you know our ancestors don't have the same opportunities that white people have had to not saying that all white people have have it out great you know but just historically in numbers they have had more opportunity to build generationally than we have Especially since we're gonna get kicked out of our land, and then you know we come back and then have more problems. <laughs> Someone put a picture and it got taken down. It's like, hey Mexicans, go back, to, go back to where you came from. And he showed it in the eighteen or seventeen hundred. This is well, I can kick us out. This is our land because it showed the whole like going from Oregon going yeah. there. It was owned by Mexico, so mm-hmm. you can't kick us out. This is where we live at. Yeah, it's so crazy to me that there's really racist people who say that stuff. They even say it to, to black people. And that one trips me out even more. It's because like you brought them here. They did not come here, you know, well, the ones who are gener- um, from Africa and the islands, like, they did not come here just voluntarily, like, hey, we're just taking a trip with you guys. No, you guys brought them as slaves, so how are you going to tell someone, yeah. go back to where you came from when you brought their people here, like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, and, I get and it. nowadays, too, it's like, we don't have slavery unless you want to consider the prison industrial con- uh, complex modern day slavery that's a different story but you know we have these white people saying things like that to um people who have been born here you know we're in america we all look like our ancestors and just because our ancestors look a certain way may have been from somewhere else doesn't mean that we're uh, necessarily connected to that place Mm -hmm. which is interesting because like if we flipped it on them they would say the same thing if we started saying things about white people and owning slaves and say, well, I never owned a slave. And it's like, so then how are you going to use, say that for people to go back to where they came from? When like some of these people that you're saying that to, they're like from here. <laughs> I know. I know. Now this is a very interesting episode. I was like, man, and they're like, this is a good guess right here. It's like, yeah, it must be the beer. <laughs> it could be the beer. Just, uh, I don't, I don't usually talk about subjects unless I've done a lot of this research. This is good. And this is something that. Yeah. Facts. You want facts. Like, yeah, since I was in like high school, I've been very um, involved in just learning about different cultures and perspectives of people because, you know, history is taught just one way. And I like to learn. So what's your perspective? What, even just on religions and stuff, like, what, what do you believe, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and usually we find that we kind of all believe very similar things. We just express in different ways, you know? That's good. All right. All right. I like, I like this talk. I like this good flow. We're, like, we're, we're going to some good subjects right now. Uh, so right now we're going to take uh, a break right now because Megan might have to get a refill on some beers and we'll be right back. All right, everyone. And we're back. And uh, 
you know what? It's like, I was thinking about having another beer, but for some kind of reason, Mega Man is just sweating. <laughs> I don't like the weather. It's hot and this. And they always say that people who are born in certain, certain months, like I'm born in June, so, oh, I'm a sweaty baby. You know, <laughs> I get sweat. I don't know what year you were born at. Um, I was born in May, but which is kind of weird. I was born like in the beginning of summer. My boyfriend was born in August, like, you know, the end or the hotter months. Between me and him, I sweat way more than he does. <laughs> he's an Indian summer baby. He's like, he's like in the middle between, it's getting hot in the last two weeks and it gets cold. Yeah, that's true. Oh my, man, I wish I had that, man. <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna, let's get to know you. I want a lot of my guests, a lot of my podcasters to know who is Lex all about. And we talked a little bit earlier, but you grew up in Pico Rivera and, and everything. And how was that? Like the, back in the day and stuff like that. Like when your parents were together, you grew up in Pico and... And how was it in, the, in those areas in those times? So actually, um, the, be- the beginning of my childhood, I, I did not grow up in Pico. I've kind of lived all over L.A. Mm. My parents are from La Puente, so I spent a good part of my childhood in, in La, La Puente. Puente. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, shout out to Taco Del Rio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're from both from La Puente. And um, my parents split up when I was like four three years old four years old so so i was really really young so i don't have too much memory of them being together yeah although i do remember the day that my dad left which is kind of weird because i don't really remember much else of that part of my lifetime but um i do remember my parents having a fight and my dad leaving and then one day i remember him coming back and we lived on the second floor of like an apartment and i heard him like saying like babe like calling me or something and i remember like just looking out the window and i asked him like he said babe was he holding stereo like this <laughs> you know what i'm talking about you know what movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> no he was actually i don't know if, i don't remember if he was trying to get my attention or what but i remember asking him through the window like oh you're coming back and he said no i just came to get my tools and like that's when it just like dawned on me like oh there's no more coming back like this is that's it and so after that um my dad stayed living in La Puente and then my mom and I kind of moved all over LA like how I mentioned a little bit when we had started talking earlier um we lived in Montebello with my great aunt for a while and Mm -hmm. I I went to school for like a year in Montebello um I forgot I think it was Wilcox Elementary School um after after that she was in a relationship with um someone who I call my second dad um he pretty much helped raise me, you know, when my dad wasn't, ar- my dad wasn't not around, but he, you know, when you have split parents, like they're not going to be in the same place and at the same time and stuff. So it's like, I can only see him on the weekends or in the summertime or, you know, so uh, during that time where it was like those weekdays and stuff and it, during the school year, um, my mom had a boyfriend who really stepped up and he, he taught me how to ride a bike and helped me teach me how to swim and uh, always has been supportive of my art and although him and my mom are not together to to this day um they broke up sometime when i was like in middle school um i still have a great relationship with him because uh you know he he was my other dad really um so Mm -hmm. we during that stage of my life we were living in west la and that's where i think like um was my most influential years so i always like hold west la in my heart very dearly because um it's, it's where i grew up i went to school i went to um Oh, Wilshire Crest Elementary School. And um, when I was there, I'd be at the after school program. And it was really cool. A little fun fact is I took like a break dancing class there. What the heck? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like in fourth grade, like busting a move. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> 
and um, I would double dutch after school, draw, whatever, and stuff. So I don't know. Those those years of my life were really fun. Plus, it, we lived we're right there in the city, so you know my mom was always taking us to art galleries and mm-hmm. and to different. Um, she would take me to like powwows and stuff. So oh, I was you like powwow? Like, it was just like oh, a yeah. lot of different places. It, it was just like a fun part of my life. Is I was just one in a place where I was able to absorb so much, you know, versus if I grew up in the suburb, you know, there's not that much going on, but I was right there in the city. So that kind of shaped who I am a lot because by the time I got to, um, Pico Rivera, which wasn't until a little bit after, um, after West LA, uh, we had also lived in East Los Angeles, right under Cal State LA, um, City Terrace. Yeah. 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 City Terrace is, um, part of East LA. Um, it, we lived right by like that. I don't know if you know, like there's a McDonald's right next to Cal State LA. There's, it's Cal State LA, then there's the freeways. We lived like right against the freeway on the other side. So it's kind of weird. Because How was it sleeping? Because you hear the fucking freeways. I got used to it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. We, and then <laughs> most of my life too, we lived on like big streets too. So it kind of, it, I got really used to it, which is crazy because flash forward to now I live in Santa Clarita. I've only been there for a week, but it's just like quiet. What made you and your boyfriend decide to move out there? Um, it's closer to his job. He li- he works out in Sun Valley. Uh, Where's where that? Sun Valley. Kind of like Glendale, Burbank area. Oh, gotcha. So okay. he works out there. Uh, we both work for the city of Los Angeles. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it was just a better opportunity for him. It cut down his... his uh, commuting. Commuting, Gas. yeah. Gas. Gas is going up now to three bucks. Unleaded. Yeah. So it, that is going to save us a good coin. For me, my job, I work which is weird how life always brings you back around i work in west la now like right down the street from where i grew up uh-huh. <laughs> so i'm back in that little community but um for me from santa clarita it's the same distance from pico to west la so how, how many how far is it from west la well where you work at into santa clarita is it like an hour uh 30 minutes oh you see yeah well, santa clarita was like going to lancaster yeah i know a lot of people think that's not it's from pico it's about an hour but from la 30 minutes 30 minutes. Depending, oh, obviously, depending what time, you know. Oh, the traffic. And, yeah, yeah, that's the thing I the was going to tell you. Couldn't. The traffic. Because if, like, traffic, it gets crazy. Like, if you have to go have work, like, dude, I'm going to be being stuck in LA for two hours and I have another, what, another hour? It's going to take three hours to get from home and all that. But, yeah. like, I get it, you know. And it's like, well, if I'm in San Clarita, I might as well just go to Bakersfield since I'm at it. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of family that live in Bakersfield and Lancaster in that area. Uh-huh. And uh, I was telling you earlier, I'm going to be out there in Santa Clarita doing uh, some podcasts. I'm going to go check out the breweries out there. Oh, nice. I know. I was like, okay, Santa Clarita. Because uh, I don't know how far Santa Clarita is from Valencia. It's pretty close. Cause like yeah cause, yeah because yeah. i remember if you go down the on the freeway you can see there's a humongous lake mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about right um I ha- like you're going to gorman and all that there's like a humongous lake on the cliff like you, you can go rafting you go water skiing yeah we haven't seen it but i i was looking up because we like to go hiking and stuff we we're really big really? fans of like going out to joshua tree which is like all the way the other way but by bishop yeah it's over there like um 29 Springs or something like that. I forgot what that place yeah, is. Oh called. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like by Palm Springs and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, we really like hiking and stuff. So immediately when we moved over there, I looked up all the places you can hike. We saw like places with big old lakes and stuff, and it's it's just a really scenic place in general. For uh-huh. someone who I like, I said I grew up in City Terrace, West Los Angeles. Like I've been in the city for so long, it kind of feels good to just be somewhere where I don't see so many buildings and I just see like you know the earth the natural earth as it is i get to see all the mountains and stuff but um hiking is like yeah a lot of people are moving out of the city 
They want to just like get out of that, but want to do hiking, want to explore. They want time to be slow. There's a lot of things like that. Yeah, and it's it's close enough to the city that it's like if we do want to come back over here, it's it's not like oh man, I gotta go like four hours, like you know yeah. maybe like an hour the most. So. Hey, let's go to a brewery. Let's go drinking. It's like okay, we drink. I get a hotel. So I don't want to go dr- driving drunk. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got I mean, uh, you guys are like more you, like drink a lot of, like liquor, but I'm more of a craft beer guy. Yeah, we, we're we're not there yet. We'll we'll get there eventually. We're we're only in our early twenties, so we're still on that like little okay. party. Yeah, it's still party. Yeah, yeah. I go, oh man, Mega Man was a savage. Went to parties, just all that stuff. But to me, when I got older, I just burned out. I just I just wanted to get all that stuff away. I used to go to four ten downtown, four ten Long Beach. I used to go to fuck. There's so many places, man. I just there was a lot of clubs. I used to go to uh, Crazy Horse. You ever heard of Crazy Horse? No. It, it, you know, if you go to West Covina, it's by the West Covina Mall. But now, it's oh, a, yeah. you know where the Portos is? Yeah. That used to be Crazy Horse. Oh, was, really? Yeah. <laughs> so we used to go there because, like, if you're a younger guy, you would go there because there'll be a lot of cougars. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of older women. Yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot of older women like, hey, what's up? But I had those are the party days and everything. And it's like, you know, go to L.A. here and there. But mostly go to, uh, you know, Orange County, for like Newport. Uh, 410 West Covina and all that mm-hmm. but when I got older I just like I just want my sleep <laughs> yeah we we more so we don't party like very socially like going out to clubs and bars and stuff mm-hmm. we more so like we, we party just like at the house where it's safe that we can black out we could be comfortable <laughs> you know you can yeah. do couples things at the house that you can't do in a club <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah you know we, we're more so like that like we, we party pretty hard but more so together we don't really go to bars and stuff like that i think that from in my perspective it's because in high school i was like you know i was always trying to be at the parties and i was always out with my friends and stuff so i was kind of living my 20s when i was a teenager so now that i'm in my 20s i'm like i'm over it like i don't want to go be around all these people i don't want to deal with I don't know, like, it, just that whole little life, I kind of outgrew it already, which is, is funny because I'm, like, in that age where you would expect, like, oh, that's when people start getting crazy, but, you know, it's funny because I do see people who were a little more sheltered back back in high school, and now those are the people who are, like, crazy partiers, and I'm like, oh, you needed to get that out of your system. Fucking Stifler <laughs> from fucking American Pie and shit, like, fucking Frank the Tank from old school shit. No, I get it, you know, like... You know, it's like when you party, but you don't want to hang out. It's like, it's almost like this term, like Drake, no new friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's like, yeah, because, you know, when you party, friends come and go. But it's always, it's rare, you know. And But I, I, yeah. had, my, I, had, my, I had my fair shares of fun. But, you know, like when you get older, it's like, I just, you see things different. Mm-hmm. And then you realize those, you know, those friends that you party with or you only hang out to, to smoke or to do whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, you realize, like, those are... You guys really only have that in common most of the time. Now it's like the the friendships that I've been building, they're a lot more like based in, in who you are as a person. Exactly. You know? Can I count on you for, you know, if I'm going through something or like, you know, those and vice ones. versa, you know, and, and not just like, although they're, they're, it is fun to have those people who, you know, like, hey, you want to come and drink? Like, you know, and they're like, I'm with it. You, you know, let's do it. You, you need the different types of friendships. And in my life right now, the point of mine is, like, I want those relationships that are more meaningful. And, I mean, I have my my partner to drink and smoke with, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you bring the liquor, I bring the ceviche. <laughs> how, did you, uh, how did you and your boyfriend meet? 
Um, so my boyfriend and I met. She's looking at him like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me trace back the story a little oh, bit. Oh shit! After, after I had moved um, into Pico Rivera, I was mm-hmm. in fifth grade. Uh-huh. I was school president at Valencia Elementary School. Uh, very used to being the new kid, so I didn't realize that Pico was going to be one of the places me and my mom stayed for so long because mm-hmm. um, I was there from fifth grade to, you know, just a couple weeks ago, and. Uh, that's because, like I told you, we were moving all the time. So yeah. I thought Pico might just be another pit stop on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, our, our moving journey. But um, in Pico Rivera, I didn't, I, I still drew and stuff growing up. Like, I just did it, like, as a hobby. Um, in high school is when I kind of started doing it. I, I kind of focused more on it because I was taking the bus a lot of places. I was taking the bus to work. The city bus? Yeah, the oh, city wow. bus. Like, the, And um, I would take it to school. So as I was sitting there, like, waiting for the bus, I would be drawing in my notebooks. Uh-huh. And, it just it, nothing in particular just whatever was on my mind and plus like that's when I started getting more heavy into smoking so the creativity from the weed was really flowing you know like I was I didn't have a tolerance or anything yet, I was listening so. to SWV <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely and uh that's when I started you know drawing a little bit more and then I started in high school I was in academic decathlon I was also in track, so I was focusing a lot on those things, but I still kind of kept art in the background as, like, you know, if I'd finished my work early in class or I just honestly wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Kids don't follow after me, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would just, like, draw my teachers. It's, that's what I started doing as, like, what? a little hobby. But <laughs> kind of like a... Not not to be mean, but just, you know, just make fun of... You're a kid. You make fun of your teachers and stuff. So I would kind of <laughs> yeah. draw them and, like, put little quotes of, like, you know, teachers all have that thing that they say. Like, everybody kind of has that one... They have, like, a little catchphrase. So I would draw them and put it next to it. And I would show my friends and they'd be like, oh, that actually really looks like the teacher. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, at that point, I was still, like, trying to go the college route. So um, I met... My boyfriend, right after I graduated high school, after I graduated high school, my mom and I's relationship honestly wasn't at its best. And it could be, it, 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 not to get too personal, but you know, there, when you have a lot of things going on in your life, like if, you know, I, I was struggling and trying to decide what I was going to do with my life after high school. You're finding yourself. My mom also was just having a, my little sister. So she's having this whole new life that she's going to have to adapt to, you know, yeah. having another child again after you know, your first one is already getting out the house, you know? Oh, yeah. And then... That's a big gap. It, it, it is a big gap. We luckily have an amazing relationship, my, my little sister and I. But, um, you know, my mom was very stressed out and stuff. And then being pregnant with hormones and stuff. And then me being a teenager, you know, we were clashing heads a lot. So I actually moved out, like, right after I turned 18 and with a friend. Um, so I wasn't living with, with my mom, like, even when I graduated high school. Oh, wow. Which, like, I look back and, like, our relationship has gotten a lot better. But I think we had to have a little bit of space between us to, you know, reflect so we could build the relationship that we have now, which who would have known like back then the way that we used to fight, who would have known we would be business partners now, you know, it's amazing how life, you know, it's a roller coaster. It takes you in all these different directions, but I think it always leads you where you need to be. Um, But anyway, so I I met my boyfriend around this time. I had just moved out and... um, he actually had messaged me on Instagram. I know the modern day love story. We went to the same high school. We had like similar friend groups. He was watching you. If I was like, I saw you, from, <laughs> I saw you from a launch right there on on, on period five. <laughs> I actually didn't even know her in high school. For real? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I saw a picture and I said, Oop, gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that. 
So he, he sent me a message and I actually didn't reply to it because back then I was using my social media just to post selfies and yeah, you know, yeah. I was being a young girl. And um, now I've used my social media like as my business platform because mm-hmm. that's a lot for me, it's a lot more beneficial. I, I get the satisfaction of knowing I'm an attractive woman by my boyfriend and, and my friends and stuff. So I don't really look for that anymore. Like now it's, it's, it's a lot more business. But back then, old, old Alexia, <laughs> she was, you know, on her selfie grind. And that's how he found me. And he, he messaged me. And um, of course, you know, I was young and single. There was other people messaging me as well, too. But I didn't, I wouldn't reply because most of the time it's like, I just knew. I'm like, you're just hitting me because of my selfie, you know? But what kind of made him different is he messaged me, like, in, a, in June, and then I didn't reply. He messaged me again in July and said, like, pretty... I'm going to paraphrase it. He just pretty much said, like, to make a long story short, you know, if you're interested, this is my number. Da, 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 da. He was just very straightforward, and Good that's job. what that was. What was different about I him. would do that shit too. And other <laughs> guys, you know, they'll they'll try to like hey and act like they're interested in you, but then they're only interested in one thing, you know. And it's like if, if that's what you're interested, your art. In, <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you're interested in, be straightforward from the get go. Because I am very transparent. I'm very who I am, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I just want somebody else to be that too. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. deal with the whole small talk and the whole, you know, like yeah. I just want to get. I want to get into it if that's what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, we're adults, we have our own place, so I'm going to say it, even if a family member hears this, but we pretty much met to really have like a one night stand type of situation. That happens a lot. Hey, and that's normal because you, okay, I'll hold you right there. <laughs> the reason why I say that for, because what happens, you end up being with someone and you haven't had sex and you have sex and it sucked. It's like going to a toy store. You want to play with that toy? But you want to play with the toy before you buy to see if it works or not. You yeah. Know, that's what you got to do these days. You never know. Yeah. And for some people, it works. You know, both parties are like that. I'm, me and him are pretty high libido people. <laughs> so in our relationship, that's what worked, you know. And um, it, it was supposed to be like a one-night stand. But, you know, after we got to having a discussion and we, we ate some Thai food and whatnot. and Pad Thai? Yeah, we did. <laughs> that's what's up. Pad Thai. And uh, that was on our you know, our first night, and we both kind of had the intentions of, like, oh, whatever, like, we're just kind of, and then we just haven't gone without talking a day ever since then, and it's just, like, it, you know, as, as young people being in a relationship, it's, it's hard because you don't know, like, you, you know, you're, you're young, you don't know if this you is what know. you, you should be doing and whatnot, yeah. but for me and him, I'm pretty happy that, like, we're both pretty, like, strong-willed, and we know what we want in this life, and we know, like, you know, we're just, we've been growing together, luckily. I think that's good because you want to focus on communication. That's always the biggest must. I've been through a lot of relationships and marriage and all that stuff. When you move in together, you're going to find out if that, are you guys right for each other and stuff? Because like, hey man, this is, you see each other every day now. Now with the Luckily, COVID and all that. we actually have been living together for three years already. Oh, so. I'm, I'm just going to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's always about a communication. You always yeah. want to make it fresh. You always want to make it original and stuff. He's like, do, you, do I see my boyfriend? Do I see her as my girlfriend? Are, are we the right people? Is she, is she thinks she's going to be a good mom. Is she going to be a good dad? There's always the future. You guys are young. You guys are going to get out there. But, man, it just... 
you guys are man you guys three years of experience of moving in together you guys you already know each other and you guys are still happy together i'm all for it dude yeah we we one thing that we do is like we create like a, a safe space you know like we check in on each other and like hey is there anything that's bothering you because that's sometimes good. we know that's like that's good one, one thing is sometimes you don't even know something's bothering you yeah. until you can throw that energy you. or it's like or um even to take it away from relationships like you know if you've been feeling really anxious and worked up about something but you haven't really processed those emotions yes. yet and someone says like hey are you okay and they give you a hug oh and then you just like break down you know like sometimes yeah. we need someone to help us so but what I'm really proud that we've learned to do, and it's been it's been through trial and error because we used to not communicate well and stuff, you know. So now we've come to a space where it's like, this is this is a safe space, you know. If you have something on your mind, we're gonna talk about it. You know, we'll get through it together. Like just That's good. and and we've developed more of like an unconditional love and like a friendship than you know. I mean, the way we started was very lustful, right? So. Even though we do still lust each other, we lust and love each other at the same time. Where before our relationship was based more in, in just that attraction, you know, and the exciting, you know, the excited part about learning a new person and stuff. And um, I mean, now it, our relationship is a lot, a lot better because of that. Being able to communicate and just like feel, feel good to know that like if I say something to him, he's not gonna judge me for it or look at me in any different way. Make he's, assumptions or yeah. you don't, if you say something and it might bother him, you don't wanna be walking on eggshells mm-hmm. after that. Be like, I have to watch what I say with him because he's very sensitive or I have to watch what I say to yeah. her because you're sensitive. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. although like, of course we have moments where we catch each other in a bad time, like it's, it's just a learning process. But at least like when you have that, you're like, okay, remember what we said? No judging, like no flipping out and whatnot, and so it helps a lot. If you guys argue, <laughs> there's always remember, remember couples. Everyone sees this. If you guys are arguing, kiss and make up and just have sex, and that's it, dude. That's <laughs> it. That's that's just how it is. Just kiss and make up because you don't want to hold that grudge. You don't want to hold that resentment. And what that do it is just when you hold that, is it's gonna get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And that's where the the love goes down. And that's when little things turn into big arguments, right? Oh, it's like, yeah. It's like you're arguing <laughs> about something that wasn't even what you started arguing about. Yeah. So that's why we try to keep that open space so that we don't allow ourselves time to build resentment about something. Because every day we're checking in, like, you know, mm-hmm. because something can happen real quick and then that can change the outcome. Oh, yeah. So we want to make sure, like, you know, we're a team. Let's let's keep being a team. But, um mm-hmm. He's always been very supportive, like, since day one, regardless of, awesome. you know, us growing into having a better communication. Mm-hmm. Um, when we met, I was actually moving into my dorm room at Cal State LA. So um, this was right after I had graduated high school. I was still on my college route. And he would drive me from Pico Rivera to Cal State LA so that I wouldn't have to take the bus. Like, the days that he didn't have work or whatnot, like, he would drive me over there. He would wait for me to get out of class and then bring me back home, like... So I wouldn't have to be taking the bus every day. And you were like, yes, I saved nine bucks today. King tacos on me. <laughs> yeah, nine bucks in like an hour and a half freaking bus ride. <laughs> I used to ride bus when um, when I had my DUIs. I had a, I, I couldn't get my license for 10 years because I had to have a car and, and, you know, I had to get all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I was walking. I lost so much. I lost so much weight. I was walking and walking and walking. But I hated if I had to be at work at nine, I would have to get up at six, mm-hmm. take two hours and stuff. Because if you try to go in that time, you're going to miss a bus. Like, oh, I just missed it five minutes. I not to wait for another 45 minutes. Oh, I know the struggle. <laughs> in high school, I missed so much school because I would walk up to the bus stop and I would see the bus already leaving and I would just turn around and say, I'm not going to freaking school today. <laughs> yeah, I hate those. I hate those times. So 
with you meeting your boyfriend, being very supportive with you and everything, the the with you finding yourself and everything, and now what you're doing, you got a job at the city and everything, and mm-hmm. and now that you're making time to start painting, now you're just going, you know what, I'm gonna take this to the next level. You know, and that's where you were saying that you and your mom got into the business. This, right. Can you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. So we, I went through that phase, you know, where I was going to school and I was working a nine to five job. Uh-huh. Um, I was working at a tax firm. It was just like a lot of stress from school and then that job. I then turned that into working with the city where I work part time and then quitting school completely so I can do get my guaranteed check from the, the city and do my art. This was around the same time my mom quit her job, too. So it just kind of like coincided that we started having a lot more time and we were trying to think like, okay, what, what do we want to do with this time? You know, we both mm-hmm. are artists and we're thinking, how can we, you know, combine both of our skills together and then also just like bring something new to the table. And um, for what I've seen in, in our community and stuff and other people who do like paint and sips and, and stuff like that, um, I haven't seen mothers and a mother-daughter duo. I've never seen that either. So I think that's what kind of makes us different. But um, so we decided we were like, why don't we teach people how to paint? You know, like we, we like working with kids too. We like was your mom there at Burby Hill when I was there? Yeah, she was there. I didn't see her. I just saw Louise. He was like, oh, so what do you think about this beer? He's like, <laughs> I want to see the art, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so we started that last year mm-hmm. in August, July, August. So that so both. Um, just me doing art professionally and then also our paint and sip business um, started one year ago so mm-hmm. the growth is pretty crazy I mean before the COVID obviously we had been doing one to two a month yeah and um, we do like personalized services where we go to people's houses and uh, we work with you so it starts off by you telling us you know like hey I'm having a birthday party or I'm doing this and oh, wow. we um this is the theme you know if, if, if you even have a theme and we're like okay so then if you tell me the theme is beer, then I'm going to, I draw out something like a sample of something beer related that everybody could draw. So it's, everything's very personalized, customizable. That's also what makes us a little different. I mean, obviously besides our public ones, we, we can't Sorry. customize for everybody. I just want to say, <laughs> if I'm staring at you, I'm not staring at you like that. I'm staring at you like, when you said beer, that just brought my, I'm already thinking to myself, I already know the portrait of the beer I want. Like if you make a portrait of Mega Man with a beer, mm-hmm. I love fucking beer. It's like, I'm already thinking of it already. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. I don't want to, I don't want to show my details, you know, I don't know what to know. I don't want to copy my portrait because of you, you know? Yeah. I know. Gotta jump on it first. Yeah. So yeah, we, we do a lot of custom, um, everything about our service is very like customizable. It's to what you want, even down to like, if, um, you want us to help you, uh, find someone in the area who rents tables and chairs, you know, we'll help Mm -hmm. you do that too. We just want you to have a great like paint and sip experience with us. So, um, that's usually how it goes down. They tell us what the theme is. We draw out a sample. We send it over. We say, hey, do you like this? Or do you want us to change anything? Yada, yada, yada. We, we settle on something. And then um, we, you know, plan the date and the time. We go over to their place and we give the option. Um, most people like to provide their own drinks at their parties. It's just so they could get what they want. And then it's, it's, on, it's a cheaper on their end, which I will admit. Mm-hmm. But some people, they don't want to go through it. They're just like, please just bring everything to me. So <laughs> we'll bring the drinks to them too if they want. Mm-hmm. So like I said, very customizable. Every, everything is to what our um, customer wants. So um, we bring easels. We bring uh, paint, brushes, every single thing that you'll need to get your masterpiece done. Um, our sessions usually go about two hours. And... Um, Everybody's usually comes out really good. Like there's a lot of people when I saw uh, Ruby Hill. I was like, 
Dang. Yeah, and I I think um one thing that I've learned is like because I was going the communications route in college, I kind of took what I've learned from that experience and put it into teaching and doing more public speaking and stuff like that. That's because good. I, I naturally have um been very good at public speaking. I've never been shy. Maybe that's due to how I told you I've moved so much in my childhood. I've mm-hmm. always had to introduce myself. So um yeah, I, I'm now using taking that skill and putting it into our business and it's turning out really well because people i mean their their uh pieces reflect for themselves you know and they come out really good and these people are like i've never painted before in my life and here they are blending colors together and stuff and it's like it's just putting it in a way that people are going to understand and breaking it down so it's not so like intimidating because the experience is not supposed to be intimidating it's just supposed to be fun you know Mm -hmm. drinking with your friends or drinking and meeting new people there and just kind of zoning in and forgetting about the world and all the stress and your grocery list and crap and just focusing on this one thing like that's what makes me happy to give to people and then afterwards seeing them like all happy with how it came out too and proud of themselves and stuff it's it's just a really rewarding experience on my end can i say something like um bluntly i'm surprised you're not doing a podcast so you have that voice. You I'm have doing a YouTube channel. <laughs> that's good, but if you if you're doing a YouTube, it's better to do a podcast on YouTube. I know you do, but an audio because mm-hmm. a lot of people listen to audio. You know, people that are working overnights and this or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of people who want to listen to audio is like, hey, I want to see who she really is in the flesh, and you know, they want to see hand gestures and what she's doing mm-hmm. on YouTube. So you're getting the best of both worlds. That's why with me, yeah. YouTube is going to be a little different when I switch to my new place. Then I have my YouTube and everything. But mm-hmm. I would think someone telling me think I should do vlogs. But with you, you should do a podcast, audio, like or whatever. I mean, you have the voice for it, and you, and you you speak so good, you know, and everything. Like being a speaker, and you you have all this knowledge and stuff. I'm just like, even if you start a podcast, you can do it for like forty minutes yeah. out of your day or whatever. Just like hey. This is me. This is who I am. You know, follow me and like my R. You talk about what's going on in the world and like, you should get on it, man. Well, thank you. I I definitely have thought about it before. Right now, the routes that I'm trying to focus on is is continuing my art. Um, I've been doing a lot of commission work, and if people don't know what commission work is, it just means custom pieces. Um, you know, it's it's not something that came out of my idea. It's somebody saying, "Hey, can you do this for me?" And I'm just, you know, being the talent for it. And um, I want to get out of that and start creating more pieces. So after August, um, if you follow me on social media, you'll start seeing, you should start seeing more pieces that I'm creating. And I'll be saying it in my descriptions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the work I've been doing this past year have been those custom pieces. And they're not really reflecting who I am, you know? Although um, they do to the extent, like, I've been doing a lot of pieces to help memorialize, like, a lot of people's loved ones who have passed away. Oh, wow. That's something that I'll, I'll probably never stop doing. I might stop doing, like, a custom celebrity pieces and stuff depending on I just kind of go through the, these seasons where I, I do it or I don't you know um, but that's one part of art that I love doing because it helps people heal you know and it and it, one of my favorite um, holidays in our culture is Dia de los Muertos and yeah, I, day, I think yeah. it's like even though it's focusing on death it's also commemorating life at the same time it's it's like a weird paradox you know and uh, I, I like that I get to do that but um, anyway I want to focus on creating more pieces um, for this at least next year that are gonna represent me as an artist in my style. And then also I'm working on a YouTube channel that it kind of started as just like this 
little hobby that I was just doing, like making YouTube videos. Like a vlog? You doing a vlog? It's kind of vlogs, but they're it's like a smoke sesh, like every video. Oh, so I gotta watch this shit. I'm, you know, I'm gonna give you the uh, first time access. I've never put it on my. He's on. He's on for Be Real TV. I don't know if you watch Be Real TV. High and uh -huh. High and Hungry. Uh, my boy Ezon, mm -hmm. he works for Be Real from Cypress Hill. Oh. So I can tell him like, hey, maybe see what's up. Maybe do if you have a little smoke session with Ezon and you, you know, cool. doing art and everything because so, he's into that shit. Yeah, I, I and he'll I, give us a lot of free one. shit, free weed too. That's, that's one reason I'm, I want to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Work with other, work with like um, weed companies and stuff too. But it just started off like me just pretty much talking on camera and smoking, and you know. I hit like a, a hundred subscribers last month and I've never put it's a it, start it's a start I've never put it on my like art pages and stuff I just kind of let it grow on its own on, on the YouTube platform without like promoting it or anything but then now like within a month I've hit like 170 subscribers so just seeing like the growth on it I'm like oh wow maybe if I like put more time and effort into this thing it will start growing into something a lot bigger eventually. Oh, we're know? gonna promote the shit when this episode. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look at your stuff and I'm gonna tell you, Mega Man's gonna promote this shit out of you. <laughs> like hard, be like, if you like this episode, check out her YouTube. Coming soon, podcast. You never know, baby. Next <laughs> maybe, year, maybe, maybe. Like, I'm just gonna promote because there's one thing about me when I have a guest on, I really want to promote you the best that I can for for the next week and a half, whatever it. That's why I always wanted because a lot of guests be like, "Hey, Mega Man, don't tag me a lot." So, what do you mean? Uh, it's too much. But like, hey, but do you want your story told? Do you want your numbers to be high? Mm -hmm. do you want to get recognition because you never know who's gonna be here this episode. Yeah. It could be someone you know or some art people or celebrities. Mm -hmm. He's like, "Hey, I heard the Mega Man." It's like, "Hey, you want to do an?" You never know. Yeah. You never know. So that that YouTube channel is Legendary Lex. <laughs> so this is you have like the first time I've ever announced and put my art my art business side to my youtube side together uh -huh. um so if people want to go that route and, and learn more about me in that aspect it's just like a weed channel i pretty much just smoke now that i have my own place i'm trying to do more like smoking and cooking videos and things like Fuck that yeah. and just switching it up because uh, yeah art is my passion but i also am passionate about just art in different forms culinary arts i love to cook I'm not doing it professionally, obviously, but it's just like to experiment and I'm a foodie. Like if I'm not cooking food, you lucky. Yeah, he, he's always eating good. If my lady was like, cook, she cooks, but I, I'm trying to lose the weight, not gain it. But these love handles, I can't do anything. I just, she's like, hey, I'm going to work out. My, my lady's like, hey, I'm going to go buy you two burritos. Like, I'm trying to look sexy. No, but I want you, to, I want to puff it up. So why? Because I don't want, you're, you're causing too much tension. I was like, I hate that. I hate when people say that, dude. Have you tried um, intermittent fasting? I did that for like 30 days, uh -huh. of, like fasting. It killed me. It, yeah. I was, but I lost about I lost about fifteen pounds. Oh, nice! But drinking like why you can't you can't drink little water, but you can't do anything. But mm. it's I I can I can I'll have a nervous breakdown because yeah. I'm a food and everything. And plus, I work overnights, but yeah, yeah. I'm trying to not buy that much beers. But when you have sponsors that give you eighty beers and bottles, like dude, yeah, I'm trying to work out, but. I'm giving you love. It's like Mega Man. You're always giving a shout outs or here whatsoever. You can't say no to free beer. Yeah, I know. But if I get a lot of free beer, like what you guys are doing, I'm giving you whatever beers you got. You know, like whatever, like you know, and uh, whatever I can. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, down the road we meet up again. I'll bring like if I go to Santa Clarita, we'll meet up. I'll 
I'll bring a whole bunch of good good beers. I mean, I'll bring a, a, a Moscow, like a tequila bottle for you guys. You know, oh, and, nice. and all that stuff. So uh, I know you were talking about like you're, you're talking about Zoom events. Yeah. So since the COVID happened, you know, like as soon as our business was like taking off and we were able to start working with other businesses like Brujeria, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that's when the COVID hit, unfortunately. So it put a halt to all of our events. But um, now that we're kind of like adjusting to this new normal and um, catching up on just like private life stuff, like, you yeah. know, like how we, we're just moving into our own place. It's, it's hard to balance that and work and everything. Yeah. But uh, now things are set, starting to settle down. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely want to try to host like some uh, Zoom events, like paint and DIY paint and stuff, do it at home, bring your own beer, bring your own whatever. I also want to do one that's a paint and puff. We had actually planned to do one, uh, like an in-person one before the whole COVID hit. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, those plans got ruined. But uh, that was pretty cool for me because, you know, I, me and my mom are business partners, but she's still my mom at the Did end of the day. she She does not, but she's supportive of the choices I do as long as I'm being responsible and stuff. And she, she definitely sees that, like, I'm very productive and I, you know, keep, keep my shit going, so... She, she doesn't really... She just kind of just worries about, like, my lungs and stuff. But she she's... No one she's died like from an, weed. She's not, like, anti, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so it was pretty cool for me because in high school, I did get chewed out, of course. I was a teenager. I, I understand. Is your mom, act, <laughs> like, is she, like, active super hype or is she more mellow and more relaxed? Um, it depends. It depends what day it is. She's a very balanced, I think. But, like, just generally as a person, she's pretty... She's just pretty cool and open, accepting and stuff, so... Yeah, I, I've talked to her about it. Like, come on, we're going to have to get you to take it. You should have, like, a spoke out doing and have a girl... Have a ladies talk. Like, on your on your YouTube. On my YouTube, Ooh. I actually do have a video talking to my mom about weed. And it's, like, the first time I ever really sat down and talked to her. So it was cool. Was, that, was it weird? Mom. It wasn't... Um, the way that my relationship with my parents is, is I'm very, like, this is who I am. Because when I have kids, I want my kids to be like that, too. I don't want them to hide aspects of their life. Like, um, you know, parts of who they are. And smoking weed is a big part of it, of my culture as a person, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to be open with them. And what they do with that information is up to them. But, like, I, I'll never want to feel like my parents don't know me. My parents know exactly who the F I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, luckily they're very supportive. But, uh, yeah, she she works at a place right now where she can't. But she's very open to, you know, she said she would go into a shop with me, like a dispensary, just to see how time has evolved, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know, when she was a teenager and uh, around her friends who were smoking and stuff and, and whatnot, she even tells a story on my YouTube channel about, like, one time she had to eat a bunch of pot brownies <laughs> in a situation. You could check that video out. <laughs> pot brownies. Yeah, but um, <laughs> so she, she's, like, has a hit, uh, background knowledge and stuff, so she she's very open to, like, seeing how the weed industry has evolved you know because mm-hmm. it's something that i'm into so that's good it, it's good that she was like that she even was gonna do the paint and puff with us right like the awesome. um she wasn't gonna be puffing but she she doesn't have a problem with other people doing it you know she was just there for the art side <laughs> and just being high and painting is awesome that's every I, art i've ever i want to be responsible high. like shut up mom smoke let's smoke let's see let's see be like i should have done this years ago you know because you never know like you know, like I was telling you earlier, I smoke a lot of indica and it makes me very relaxed and chill. And it just brings out the mm-hmm. knowledge, brings out ideas and stuff like that. Because it makes you think and you're like, wow. Yeah, it's know? different strokes for different folks. I think her, she had voiced that for, 
just herself as a person like she needs something that's more like caffeinated so coffee is more her 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 drug you know quote unquote um because she's naturally is kind of mellow and like if she smokes she feels like she's just not gonna get crap done oh, I get I've crap learned, done. <laughs> yeah i've learned to get crap done but i totally understand you know everybody reacts to things differently so yeah <laughs> you know as long as somebody's not like trying to make me not smoke then that's cool I, even with um my boyfriend he didn't smoke when we met and i've always just kept it as an open door for him like if you want to I, I have a I've been doing it for a long time I can help you out you know like you'll be safe with me we'll get the munchies we'll get the funny movies and music like let's go but if he did but you know he, he didn't want to for a long time until he finally was like okay like let me try and now he you know there's something we bond over together doing too but um yeah I what's was, your favorite movie you guys get smoked out you guys you love watching what's your favorite movie when you guys get smoked out we don't really have one that we watch like repetitively we we just like like to watch a bunch of new things one one uh tv series we did get through like high the whole time or let's say two uh that 70s show was one that we found was really funny when we were high and then also rick and morty <laughs> i heard that's a good show um uh, i tell you a story I, I when rick and morty was at mcdonald's because they were the promoting their stuff i beat someone up for the sauces <laughs> it was fucking worth it <laughs> What do you mean you beat someone up? What is because, the story? Because to this? he took the last box. Because he took the last box, and I and, and it was like it was like a Mongolian sauce and everything like that. And he was pointing at me like, "Haha, I got the last box and everything." Like rubbing my face. Uh -huh. And, and you're like, "Oh hell!" My son was crying. Because <laughs> we went there, we were in a long line. Uh -huh. And I don't know what my ghetto my ghettonesses came out of me. <laughs> and I just said, "Hey man, what's up?" And I went like this to him, like slapped it hard on the ground, the boxes and everything uh -huh. fell. And I just like. Like that, to sock them in the face and took everything. It's like here, and we only got out of that. I just socked the guy in the face, and I only got three packets. <laughs> but it was worth it. The sauce is like okay, this is good, but they don't make it no more. Yeah. But it was, but, but they're selling it for a lot of money online. But it's like I just wanted to try it because my son was crying. He's a Rick and Morty fan and everything. It's mm -hmm. like. Okay, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> you know? Hey, you're you're a G for that. You got a G, you, got, you know. But he, it was his fault. He was he was rubbing it on my face. Yeah, I don't like that. I, that's hey, that's what I say. I always say like, why did we push people to that point? Like, what, uh, bringing it back to what's going on in the current day, you know, like a lot of people. Yeah, I I don't. I do not support the looting at all. I don't think that's cool at all. Just also because I am a small business owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. In, a, in another aspect, because I do see what is going on in the world, I think, like, well, what did you expect, you know? What what did we expect? That people were not going to... One, they're being locked up in the house, seeing all this stuff on the internet. How You don't think people are going to react a certain way? And then there's also another group of people who are going to react to those people reacting and be opportunists. So, like, mm -hmm. it's like, what do you expect? Like, the kid they bully in school who goes and then he goes and shoots everyone up or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Like... What do we expect when we push people to those points, oh, yeah. you know? Like, oh, yeah. Sometimes you get socked in the face for some sauce. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, and, uh, and sorry, whoever you're listening, sorry. Uh, let's talk about, you were talking about, like, there's going to be a mural coming up in Pico Rivera. So I'm working with someone who works with the city um, about creating a mural in Pico Rivera. Although I just moved out of there, you know, I did live there for a big part yeah. of my life. And I was able to see, you know, the pros and cons to the community one thing is that we are a majority hispanic community and mm -hmm. um unfortunately 
when we're around people just of our who look like us you know we we're, we're a little sheltered to the outside world and mm-hmm. that kind of breeds stereotypes and stuff like that because mm-hmm. people are unfamiliar with other uh cultures and stuff like that even though we do have different types of people in pico rivera the majority are hispanic you know gotcha um so what i want to do and what i'm pitching with the city and um it's in the works but you know things are going really slow because the whole COVID is going on Mm -hmm. um is i want to create a piece um i'm not gonna give too much detail but pretty much the theme of it is is just going to be a diversity i want it to um, be reflecting you know that pico rivera is a place that you know you can go and and everybody of every background can feel safe there you know and and so i want to create something that's um uh, I'm hoping that it can be with like the parks, so it could be like something a that kid, kids can see, like a statue. Um, well, just like a mural at, at one of the parks. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, something that the kids will be able to see, and it will reflect children playing with each other, or something like that. Um, something along the lines of that. We're still working out the details, but um, the the overall theme will be diversity and inclusion, and uh, so that you know the black community in. Pico Rivera knows that like their city is with them too you know and, mm. and um you know also just highlight you know the our beautiful black and brown people that represent our community and represent even just the greater Los Angeles area you know there's there's a lot of us here so it's good it's good um that that's really good to bring both uh both people both blacks and Mexicans together um I remember I a while back I put a picture but it got taken down for some kind of reason because it uh, I don't know what happened, but it was the 1800s where a Mexican and a black guy from Mexico were together, just you know, being together as friends. It was like a like a black and white picture. Mm-hmm. It was like it was pretty deep, you know. We're, we're that's my friend, you know. You know, yeah. there's a lot of black, there's some black people that live in Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And you yeah, know. and we have a lot of Afro Latinos in our community too. And I mean, another thing is which is for another episode or topic is you know we unfortunately in our community we do have like colorism against our own darker skin Latinos. And we see yeah. it in the entertainment and we see it in, you yeah. know, just like the way that we, you know, teach our little girls and, and stuff growing up, like what's beautiful and what's not, you That's know? I, yeah. And it, it's really sad because, you know, out of most, out of all cultures, I will say Hispanic culture is the one that you can be blonde and blue eyed and you could be uh, dark skin with black hair, curly afro and stuff, and you know we're all Latinos, Hispanic. Like. I like what you said that because that that movie Roma, mm-hmm. of like that first Mohawkan uh, lady uh, in that movie, she was dark, and yeah. everything is like okay, this is who I am, and it just presents like hey, I can be if any, I can be dark or light, doesn't matter, but we're all as one. Yeah, it's that's, that's a it's, it makes it yeah. I understand. Yeah. That's why it kind of drives me crazy when I when I hear our own community say like prejudice or racist comments because I'm like what like it's out there in our own it, culture we it's have out black there. people and it, we have super it, white looking people it's like, out there we are the we are super diverse so it's out there you know even um my I had mentioned that my grandpa is from Guatemala well his parents have roots in Haiti too so he was an Afro Latino so like although you wouldn't know it looking at me like. Mm-hmm we're just in such a world that's so mixed and combined like yeah you know everyone every country is gonna be mixtures with everyone everyone's having mixed you know black and white mexican white you know and everything it's Mm -hmm. just it's all mixtures and it's like you want a country oh this country is so and so they used to be all whites but now you see mixtures of mexicans or blacks and this it's those days are done Mm-hmm. It's not until the 40s and 50s and stuff, but I think the next 30 years, everyone's going to be all interracial. Yeah. Now now it's just a um, t- 
tackling the ways in which racism is presented in underlying ways that are not so direct. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, getting getting the, rid of those people who are direct about it. There's a lot of ways that it's like deep rooted in our systems and stuff, like um, with the with the prisons and certain laws and like you know, like how I mentioned about the crack versus cocaine. There's a a higher sentencing on one of those drugs than the other, and it's when you look at it. One of those drugs is more highly used in the white community, the rich community. Yeah. Those are people getting less punished for it. And the other one is in these minority communities. Is the worse. crack. Yeah. You get and, 25 years. And you're getting, you know, pu- punished way harder. I'm like, both, to, in my opinion, you know, I just smoke weed. Both of those are stupid to do. But I do think you should be punished pretty equally for it, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when you see systemic racism playing into it. So now it's like dismantling certain systems like that. But yeah, it, it it is a uh, crazy to see how even just within the past decades of this country, how things have changed, and mm-hmm. hopefully, it just keeps going on an upward. Mm-hmm. Remember, everyone, Netflix, Kill the Messenger, talks about all that shady stuff from the CIA and the crack and how everything is just it's mm-hmm. all coming to play. And the thirteenth too. Thirteenth too. <laughs> so we're almost getting to the end right now. Uh, what's the future for your your mom and your business with everything? What's what's your end game? You have, you, there's always an end game. So our ultimate goal, and until we reach that one, of course, you know, yeah, yeah. you always shoot, shoot higher and higher. But our <laughs> ultimate goal is to um, have a studio space together where we can host art shows, um, host our paint and sip classes, paint and puff classes. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere that we can have other artists come, you know, perform their music or, you know, record things or whatever. You know, we just want to have like a move our virtual platform that we're going to be trying to grow eventually into like a physical place that we can have real events and not have to worry about you know um finding somewhere to work with us and stuff even though it's a great part of the process like it is a little bit hard especially now with the whole covid going on you know people don't want all these people in their restaurants now even though they probably they probably do from a financial perspective but it's just not safe you know so um yeah eventually we want to have our own studio space and that's ultimately the goal so you know just building our platform on the internet and keeping networking and giving good service to people like hopefully that will get us there one day and yeah that's the ultimate goal is right now and i definitely want um we'll be able to use that space to do a lot of good too and help a lot of children and stuff because art is not something that people see as a route in life you know you always hear like about the poor artists and stuff and like i don't know I, i grew up with no money all my life and somehow the most money I've been making is off of my art and stuff and just being strategic about it. So I want to like open that door to other people too. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like, Hey, if being in an office is not what you want to do, don't waste your time because time is all we have. And I'll be damned if, you know, I waste my time doing something that like, I'm just every day. I just hate my life, you know, like, and I just want to be able to help other people get into a space where they can be living at least like, I mean, right now I'm doing a part-time job and then I'm doing art full-time. But, you know, eventually that will turn into me doing art full-time. We just got to be strategic about it, like I said. But I want to open that door for other people, too. So, like, you know, li- live for yourself. And if, if that's a route that I can help you in, because I, I can't help you in any other route, like accounting and shit like that. But <laughs> art, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for the people. <laughs> that you're here for the people. And you know what? We're going to end on that. And I just want to say, uh, Lex... Thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm going to support you all the way. It's going to be the best. I'm going to best wish you best of luck. I'm going to be with you. If you need any promotion, any, you have any events, let me know. I'll promote. Um, I'll even go to the events, whatever I do. Um, 
every everyone that comes on the Mega Man's podcast, you you're considered family now, and your boyfriend too, <laughs> you know, and Thank everything. You so much. And uh, where can everyone follow you at? So, um, I'm, my Twitter actually got deleted because yeah. uh, what had happened was I put my birthday in, but when I had made my Twitter, I was under the age. So I was like 12 probably, and I made it, and I said I was 13 or whatever. Uh-huh. That didn't catch up to me until I was 22, so I didn't oh, realize. Shit, yeah. I put my birthday in, and then they locked me out. So I'm trying to regrow my, my Twitter again. You can follow me on Twitter, Alexis Star O'Neill. O'Neill mm-hmm. is like Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. O-N-E-A-L. Mm-hmm. And um, Instagram is Alexis O'Neill Art. I also have a website where you can buy prints or request commission work if I have it open mm-hmm. um, that's alexisonealart.com mm-hmm. and then that YouTube channel which is not art related but it is weed related should anybody be interested is Legendary Lex on YouTube Legendary Lex get your <laughs> weed and everything and just follow her on Instagram, Twitter on her you on uh, on her YouTube channel and everything and uh, once again thank you for Thank you for coming on the Make It Mass podcast. Thank you for having me. This is a great conversation. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. People are going to be like, oh, that's, that's badass. <laughs> um, everyone, you can follow me at the Make It Mass podcast, um, my personal Make It Mass 690. Um, please rate, review on Apple Podcasts to make it better. Uh, leave me some stars or a comment. Um, you can find my podcast on Apple, uh, Anchor, Google Play, uh, Podbeam, the whole nine yards. Other than that, once again, Lex, Mega Man, we are out. Later, guys. Peace. Late. (laughs)